Hey everybody, it's Ethan. Wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Contenders Clothing. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. At Contenders, they feature a collection of amazingly designed men's boxer briefs inspired by our athletic heroes and champions. Their boxer briefs use ride control technology, which prevents the underwear from riding up on the leg. Their design and creative partners are John and Mike Anderson, who are the founders of Tank Farm Men's Apparel Line and retail stores in Seal Beach and Huntington Beach, California. At Contenders, they also have an initiative called Everyday Contenders, where they give back to those who are fighting for something. The most recent cause was a second chance, and they're in the process of delivering underwear, hats, and t-shirts to Blessed Mary O Friends, which is a sober recovery assistance program. At Contenders, they really love to give back as well as provide great underwear, hats, and t-shirts. So check them out, contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 106 here in the first week of March 2017. It's our Fastlane preview show. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Here to preview WWE Fastlane 2017, which is this Sunday on Pay-Per-View and WWE Network, and to talk about Randy Orton burning down Bray Wyatt's house. Uh, since since the Fastlane preview will probably make up the bulk of this program. Oh, and Jack Swagger got released and TNA sucks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Let's start with SmackDown because that's fresh in my mind. Randy Orton, I think in what was a babyface turn, burned down Bray Wyatt's house and desecrated his dead sister's rest, final resting place. I'm not entirely sure what I witnessed. What did you think of, uh, of SmackDown this week, Liam? Um, I'd, I'd just like to go over Randy's plan for these last few months, if you don't mind. All right. So, started out, Randy is, is feuding with Bray, right? They, they, they had a match. Luke Harper showed up. So, Bray cheated to win a wrestling match. That's what happened. Uh, that was the No Mercy show. So, here's, what ha- here's Randy's, uh, let's see here. 15-step plan to uh, for revenge on Bray Wyatt for cheating to win a wrestling match. <laughs> Team with Kane against the Wyatts. <laughs> Turn on Kane and join the Wyatts. Help Bray and, in fact, Team SmackDown win at Survivor Series. Win the tag team titles at TLC. Start a feud with Luke Harper after losing said titles. Win the Royal Rumble. Make Harper disavow Bray. Hope Bray wins the title in the Elimination Chamber tell Bray he won't fight him after Bray wins the title in said chamber. Get Bray to drive him over to his compound. Find out where Bray's sister is buried. Announce that the last five months have been a ruse and that he will be wrestling him for a belt in a wrestling match at WrestleMania. Step 13, burn down Bray Wyatt's shed and desecrate his sister's grave. Step 14, pose. And then set team presumably win a wrestling belt and a wrestling match at a wrestling pay-per-view. 
all of this because he lost a wrest because Bray Wyatt cheated to win a wrestling match five months ago. <laughs> seems seems needlessly intricate. Uh, it really does. Uh, yes, that was that was Randy Orton's fifteen step plan to uh, for revenge. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was super wacky. My initial result was to hate it. Um, I mean, it's it's they they tried something different. They tried something goofy and Bray's kind of that type of character where you do wacky, stupid stuff with him. Um, it just wasn't for me, and I didn't need Randy's like ten minute soliloquy before house about how i have the keys to the kingdom and do you remember the last time you heard your sister scream and all this stuff i didn't need that he just shown up said hey bray i'm in your house and i and i'm gonna burn it down like that would have been okay i guess um i don't know like it, it it just it wasn't for me if you liked it that's great but you know it's it was it wasn't for me and i still don't want to see them wrestle so how about you um, it was very, uh, as Dusty Rhodes might, might say, uh, very cinematic, uh, but <laughs> not as, not especially, um, I'm just confused, really. I'm, there's supposed to be... Do you need me to go over the 15-point plan again? <laughs> no, that was very solid. Thank you for doing that for me. Um, I read Jim Ross's take on this today, and I know that Jim Ross is, he's not quite at the Jim Cornette. Vince Russo level of being out of touch with modern wrestling, but he's maybe somewhere in between being totally with modern wrestling and being completely out of touch. And Jim Ross thinks that Bray Wyatt is the baby face in this program now. Um, and if you follow, if you follow the logic train, yeah, I mean, Randy burned his house down, uh, <laughs> or his, or his mystical shed, <laughs> his promo shed. He burned it down. His promo shed. <laughs> don't you have a, don't you have a promo shed? Um, however, uh, however, I think Randy is quite clearly to be the babyface here. The crowd doesn't hate either one of these guys. Bray Wyatt has this badass, cool babyface entrance, and Randy just comes comes across as cooler than ninety percent of the roster, and and is a very smooth, solid wrestler, and hits his people finish in new, innovative, and exciting ways all the time. Randy's a babyface too. Um, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't I don't understand this feud and I don't understand why AJ Styles had to, to pin Lou Carper twice just to wrestle Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. I mean if Shane were to just say, Okay, well now it's a three way, cool. Cool. If it's a three way, cool. If somehow AJ's still gonna end up wrestling Shane coming out of this, screw that. Like what why did AJ pin Lou Carper twice on that show? Uh, well, again, talking about who you don't know who the heel and the baby face is, AJ Styles has been kind of screwed left and right. He was promised a, num- uh, a one-on-one rematch for the title, never got it, was put in an elimination chamber, was put in a triple threat right after that, then had to, uh, you know, was a, dis- you know, in storyline, a disputed finish in the Battle Royal. So he challenges Luke Harper, beats him, 
And they made a whole point of saying uh, during that thing about like he was saying, oh, how a tie is, is a lame finish. And and Shane and Brian were talking about how, no, no, you know, the referee's decision is final. But then uh, AJ won while Harper's foot was on the ropes. So Shane came down to restart the match, despite the fact that he just said like an hour ago that the referee's decision is final. And then AJ just beat him again. And now he's probably going to get screwed out of this title match again. So it's like, yeah, AJ, AJ should should kick Shane's ass. Like he should he should be very, he's justifiably mad. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how you. Uh, I mean, AJ's practically a babyface anyway, and I don't think people are going to boo Shane. At least not you know. They may cheer more for AJ at Mania, but I don't think Shane's going to get booed because for reasons that are completely beyond me, people freaking love Shane McMahon. And he uh, panders to them and jumps off tall structures, as Stephanie McMahon put it. Right. He's yes, exactly. He's he's the good McMahon. Um <laughs> think about that. Yeah. So that's that's where we are. Um I don't know, man. Like yeah, SmackDown's been real weird lately. I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago. I don't I don't know if it's Road Dogs writing it now or if it's still Ryan Ward or if it's Vince is more hands-on. I don't know. It's just been really weird and nothing makes sense lately. Um, they're just throwing out stipulation matches for no reason. You had uh, Becky and Mickey, two out of three falls, basically unannounced. You had a chairs match between Dolph and Apollo Crews. Um, oh. Yeah. They're just, it's, just a, it's just not... Like I can't say I don't like the show because I still think it flows pretty well and it's uh you know you still have AJ Styles wrestling almost every week so it's kind of hard to hate that but like creatively this show's just weird right now. Along those lines, John Cena cut a semi insider wink wink nod nod to the audience promo to build to in his eventual WrestleMania match. Uh, what do you think of the John Cena Miz segment? Um, I mean, Cena pointed out in his promo, in his rebuttal to Miz's thing, that it's the same exact promo that AJ Styles has been cutting on him for six months. Um, about how he's a hypocrite and all this stuff. I don't know. It it didn't do much for me. Um, you know, it was it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't like I said, it wasn't anything we haven't heard in a while. I guess you have the added wrinkle of of Nikki and Maurice being involved, but. Yeah, I, I didn't. I felt like I felt like I, it was a repeat. I feel like we've been seeing this John Cena feud, you know, for for the last six months. Now it's just with a worse wrestler. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 the same feud. So it's the same. Their beef is the same. It's a guy saying, "Oh, you know, little, you know, insider darts about how he doesn't, you know, he gets more opportunities and all this stuff." And yeah, Cena threw in little dig about how if he really had as much say as as people said, he did that he'd be wrestling the undertaker this year. And that's, I mean, it's all, it's all fine. I just, I, I was not wowed by any of it just because it feels like a repeat. Um, what about you? I thought it was an, I thought it was an entertaining promo, but not a money promo. And, uh, it, it was dancing dangerously close to that insiders promo that pops fans like you and I, but doesn't mean a lick (laughs) to the majority of the audience that's watching. Um, and it got me along those lines thinking, well, this is entertaining, but it's not money. John Cena is pushing 40 
And there are very few money WrestleMania matches left in John's career. And look, the guy has carried the company on his back for more than a decade. And if he wants to do a WrestleMania program with his girlfriend or wife or whatever, awesome. I mean, he's certainly earned the right to do that. However, if I were running that company and I knew that, okay, I might have five more John Cena WrestleMania programs, I wouldn't do one with The Miz and Maurice. <laughs> I mean, that's just... That's just my, is there even such thing as a money program in 2017 anymore, though? Like, I, I don't know. I think the audience is just kind of what it is, I guess. I don't know. Brock and Goldberg might be. Um, I You know, they, they announced that main event way out in advance. Um... I mean, last year we saw, I mean, there was a ticket bump when they announced Shane and Undertaker as much as we derided that match and that build. People, you know, so there are, there's very few guys that seem to really move business. I mean, the rating, we saw the ratings increase when, when they, when they're smart and announce and announce Goldberg being on the show ahead of time and announce and kind of build to his segment and have him come out last the show, the show's ratings are almost always up, but as far as a single money promo or feud, yeah, I mean, seeing an Undertaker's probably, you know, that's a short list. I mean, unless you're getting Steve Austin back, unless you're getting, you know, maybe to a certain percentage of the audience, maybe CM Punk coming back would mean something. But he didn't really mean that much for business the first time he was here, um, at least not in the way of you know pay per view buys or ratings. So. Yeah, there's they're they're running low. I mean, obviously, if The Rock comes back and has another match, I'm sure that would sell some more tickets. But it's a very short list of guys at this point. Batista moved numbers when he came in in 2014. <laughs> um, That's true. He, speaking of him, I don't I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. He's I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I mean, I know um, when when well, when he openly criticizes them, that probably just makes them want him more. But um, yeah, he he does not seem happy with the uh, with that crew lately. Yeah, and uh, that's another one. He's knocking on the door of fifty. Uh, yeah, you know, we're kind of running out of time there too. Anyway, speaking of running out of time, uh, we are doing a shorter program this week. So let's go ahead and get into uh, the non fast lane stuff. Jack Swagger uh, appeared on Chael Sonnen's podcast this week and announced that he had requested his release. No official announcement from WWE at our press time here. But uh, thoughts on Jack Swagger's long WWE run? Um, there was that time he got thrown into the Gulf of Mexico by Rey Mysterio, uh, <laughs> which I always remember. I always remember when guys go into the Gulf of Mexico. Um, there was the time he won Money in the Bank, and it took him like an hour to unhook the briefcase, which I believe you were at that WrestleMania, weren't you? I was, yep. That was brutally painful live, yes. Um, I believe I believe they edited it out on the DVD. I don't know if it's... I assume it's probably edited for the network as well. But, uh, yeah, he took like two minutes to... Maybe not quite that long. It was like, it was like a good 90 seconds of him just fidgeting with this uh, that, that hook doohickey they have. So, yeah, I mean, he's a guy. He was a good athlete and had good size, but he... He was pretty devoid of charisma, and by the time they tried to make him the all-American babyface, it was kind of too late. Because you'd already told the audience that he was a failure and not to be cared about. 
And then you just had Rusev beat him 3,000 times, which didn't help him. So, you know, you could you could probably make an argument that, you know, in another era when, when managers were more prevalent, obviously they gave him Zeb originally and they tried to make him a big top heel again. And then he got busted for uh, DUI. So, uh, you know, you can't say they didn't give him chances, but, uh, you know, I think it's just, yeah, maybe in another era he could have been a bigger star, but I just, I just don't think, I don't think it's a giant loss. I'd put him at the level of like a, the Damian Sandow, Cody Rhodes level guys where, you know, they were, they were, they were good hands, but I, I don't feel like the show is demonstrably worse without him around. I would agree with the majority of those sentiments. And uh, TNA, the Hardys are gone. Apparently, WWE bound, although they're teasing some New Japan stuff. And to me, Ring of Honor seems like a more logical fit if Ring of Honor wants to shell out for them uh, just because of the schedule. But uh, most of the buzz seems to say that the Hardys are WWE bound, maybe as early as April. And Mike Bennett and Maria are gone. And Jade and Drew McIntyre are gone from TNA. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is back running the show. We haven't talked TNA show because we value our time. However, do you have thought <laughs> it is some of the more newsworthy stuff of the week when a lot of uh, f- former top WWE talent in uh, the Hardys and Maria and McIntyre, who kind of turned himself into top talent after he left there, but they're all hitting the open market. What do you think we'll see in WWE? And do you think TNA exists in some form in, say, 18 months? I mean, yeah, they, they'll never die. They're going to outlive all of us. Like they They deserve to die, but they just never will. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, uh, just to see all these guys. And it seems like almost everybody kind of had the same thought, which is that the new bosses are, are, we're getting the house in order and kind of let the contract negotiations slip. And so a lot of these people seem to have felt a little, a little disrespected or like the, the company didn't value them. Certainly that was an issue with the Hardys. It, uh, it sounds like, and with, uh, Drew Galloway as well. Um, I don't presume to know what uh what the issues were with uh, maria and, and uh mr maria and uh <laughs> and uh the the other ones but uh yeah it was uh yeah it's 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 just it's somehow it's comforting you know death taxes and tna being terrible to their talent uh, i mean the hardys for the last year have, have you know you and i who I, I mean, especially you, um, you have expressed hatred for Matt Hardy at points in your life, and sure. even you, and even you, to a degree, came around on the Broken Hardy stuff. It's a good act, and uh, you know they it really is. And they brought TNA some exposure and did pop a legitimate rating for the final deletion in a time where nothing popped a rating, where they had never been less relevant. Um, they they were a lifeline to them. They got they got some merchandise moving for for TNA. That's stuff that just was not happening for them. Got eyeballs on their product, even if it was only for a few weeks. So to see them kind of just treated, you know, kind of thrown to the wayside, 
uh, assuming all the details. And I believe it was pro wrestling sheet broke the story, but where they were basically just told, well, why don't you go field offers elsewhere? If you don't want to, if you don't like our terms. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking. It's uh, to see them dealt with that. But again, it's Jeff Jarrett is a bit more of an old school guy. Maybe he falls more into the cornet camp and just didn't get it and didn't like it and isn't what he wanted, you know, hit the creative direction of a company he founded and he's running again uh, to, to look like, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a head scratcher. Um, yeah, I think it really depends for the Hardys what they what what their goal is. If their goal is as a couple of, you know, 40-year-old men to just go make as much money as they can, work for two more, you know, work full-time for two years and then or, you know, maybe cut a deal like the Dudley Boys where they're, you know, work year to year and then if they want to come back, they can take a few months off and come back. Um I could see that happening. Um so if, if their goal is just to make the most money the quickest, obviously WWE is is uh, is the right solution. I know, you know Matt Matt has a, a second kid on the way, and I'm sure I'm sure that's a powerful motivator. But if they're if they're looking for just that lighter schedule, yeah, Ring of Honor probably makes more sense. I mean, them and the Young Bucks could just tour that match all over the country, and you know work for whatever company, you know, local indies and Evolve and. PWG and all those different places and probably just sell every place they go out. So yeah, it really, I guess depends on what, what their goals are at this point. The Bucks can only work PWG outside of ring of honor in North America. So, um, I, I agree with your larger point. I mean, they could take that program to Japan. They could take it to the UK where, where everybody's going right now, because that's where the money is. But as far as I think the, um, the North American uh, touring that match in North America, there's not a, a huge market for it outside of Ring of Honor. Um, PWG, I don't know, maybe, but uh, yeah, when the Hardy, when the, the Bucks resigned, they got that uh, deal where they didn't have to work US Indies anymore. But that's right. Regardless, regardless, the New Day needs a program. I mean, why they take the belts off the New Day? If I mean, it's not like they're they were demonstrably less over when they took the belts off of them than, you know, in the months leading up to that. And now they just don't have a program because they just don't have a program. Like I feel, I feel like the new day have kind of been getting the shaft lately and that new t-shirt is horrible. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's part of the problem with having those guys break the record. Once you do the brand split is they only had four or five teams to wrestle and they wrestled and beat all of them. So other than those kind of makeshift teams like Rusev and Jinder, uh, there just really aren't a lot of people for them to feud with. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I didn't need Cesaro and Sheamus to be a team. I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily need you to, to take the belts off the new day right away. If, if you didn't have any other ideas for them. I mean, they've already announced that they're hosting WrestleMania this year, but so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they, they definitely feel like you know they, they, mer- they move merchandise. They, they work obviously worked very hard. They turned a crappy gimmick into a, a gold mine, and uh, you know that. But yeah, they, they don't seem to be. They're not, uh, they're not really being taken care of like a, you know, the top act they have been for the, for the last years, year, two years almost now. Alrighty, fast lane. 
the pre-show match, Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa versus the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. You mentioned you watched 205 Live, a show that I still have never seen. Uh, any thoughts <laughs> and uh, any thoughts on on this pre-show match? Yeah, Tozawa's awesome. He's uh, he's really great, and him and Kendrick have have actually done uh, a lot of good work on that show. So I hope Sam- I hope it's more Tozawa being awesome. Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe. I have enjoyed the booking of Samoa Joe uh, to this point, and I expect him to beat Sami Zayn. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been all been good, and uh, I think they'll have a, a very good wrestling match. <laughs> it's not, not much pro- more to say after that. Joe's promo work. I've been a big fan of Joe's promo work, and I didn't necessarily think he was a great promo, but like you know very cinematic stuff, but as far as pro wrestling promos, Joe's promos have been really good, I think. Absolutely agree. Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. We just saw this match at Royal Rumble. These, so the Raw women's division, all the women beat each other. Sasha beats Charlotte. Bailey beats Charlotte. Nia beats Bailey. Nia beats Sasha. Charlotte beats Sasha. I, uh, boy, (laughs) I don't expect this to be, I don't expect this to be any good and I don't expect them to get much time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I don't, I don't have any nice, I'm trying, I like, I try to be nice, but like this, this sucks, man. This four way thing they're doing. I'm already sick of every match combination they've had. As you mentioned, they've already ran through them. Uh, yeah, I'm sick of it. Don't want to see it. The only one they haven't gone with yet is Sasha and Bailey, and obviously they're building to that. But by the time we get there, I'm going to be burnt on seeing because they only push. It's the same as the tag team divisions; they only push, you know, a couple of characters at a time, and you burn out on the characters. Um, Bailey and Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. I think Charlotte's winning the title back. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think they're going to end that streak at fast lane. Uh, you know, I, I've argued, and I'll make the you know the short version of that argument again. Yeah, you should not take the title off. If you're going to give the title to Bailey on Raw instead of a WrestleMania, then you definitely should not take it off of her right away. But yeah, no, I think they will, because they're not good at stuff. Gallows and Anderson versus Enzo Amore and Big Cass for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Uh, Enzo and Cass never won the NXT Tag Team Championship. I feel as though they may never win the Raw Tag Team Championship. What do you think? I mean, I think it's if they don't win it Sunday, I, I wouldn't bet on it because they've they've certainly been kind of playing. I mean, they mentioned that in their promo, and then they they uh they kind of have been pushing the Enzo is annoying and and gets himself in trouble and. His bud, his big buddy, is getting sick of it. Uh, story. So yeah, if if they don't win it Sunday, I I would suggest that they are not going to win it at all. Both those guys are dead in the water if they break them up. Oh yeah, <laughs> we watched. Did you watch the match with Gallows and Big Cass? Like Big Cass can do a big boot, and a clothesline, and whatever his finish is, and the big elbow drop. Like that's all he's got. So, like, you can turn on heel, but then you also have Braun on that show, so you need two big, tall guys that guys are just going to bounce off of. I don't, you know, I don't need that. And if you make him a baby face, he can do exactly three moves. Like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. The, the 
bad news. Bad news for them if they don't win these tag titles. Hey, Hogan, Hogan got it over doing three moves, but I don't think Big Cass has his charisma. Yeah, well, Hogan got over <laughs> being Hogan. He didn't get over doing the three moves. That's fair. Uh, Neville versus Jack Gallagher for the Cruiserweight title. I can't believe um, you just prepared Big Cass to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I watched a Hulk Hogan promo. I haven't watched a whole bunch of Hogan since the unpleasantness, but uh, it's just too painful to have my childhood <laughs> ruined. Mm-hmm. But I watched a I watched a Hogan promo last week, and I sent it to you and just oh my gosh <laughs> this mm-hmm. guy. now to be fair it was probably the promo of his life i think it was on the wrestlemania 3 show before you know the match of his life but uh not in terms of you know performance but uh impact it was the match of his life and he cut the promo of his life oh my gosh hulk hogan's promo work <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> the guy was so awesome yep um, and now Gallagher <laughs> for the cruiserweight title. Uh, seems early to take the title off Neville, but I like Gallagher, and I I don't really care if they play hot potato with the cruiserweight belt. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like we're headed for a multi man match. Um, they're obviously teasing Austin Aries is going to debut as a wrestler soon. Um, so you could either, I mean maybe you could do a singles match or you could put. Put, put a bunch of cruiserweights and have that be the big ladder match this year if you want. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of good either way. I uh, I like both of these guys. The to me, what's been pushed is the real main event, main event of this show: Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman in a Vince McMahon fetish match. <laughs> I I don't know how you how you book a finish here because. Uh, I don't know. I, it seems to me if we're building to Roman and Undertaker at Mania that this calls for some interference. But it also seems to me that the championship match between Owens and Goldberg calls for some interference. I don't know. I don't know. I, if I were booking a show, I wouldn't book a bunch of interference uh, in the two top matches. But I don't know. Maybe. What do you think of Roman and Braun? And uh, what do you think of the build uh, on Raw this week? I thought it was fine. Again, all of what they do with Roman works in theory if people liked if people liked Roman. You know, the babyface who never quits. They're, they've done you know everything right with him on paper. It's just that people hate him. Um. So yeah, I think it'll probably be a you know a fun stiff little match, and and then I think Roman's gonna win clean with a spear. That's. Uh, I mean, I think I think they're getting him ready for Undertaker. They don't have a clear. Uh, place for Braun at Mania, yeah. I think I think I think Roman's winning clean. Interesting, interesting. And Kevin Owens and Goldberg. If we're getting Owens and Jericho at Mania, I think Jericho will probably inadvertently, uh, or not because he likes Goldberg, but because he hates KO. I think Jericho helps Goldberg win the title on Sunday. Goldberg made a baby face. Guarantee that he was going to win the title on Raw on Monday. Um, what do you think of uh, Goldberg and Owens? And do you, do you think this goes longer than uh, longer than ninety seconds? I could see them doing it. That's certainly what they're implying on TV. And you have the the Joe and potentially Triple H getting involved. So I could see them doing something. Uh, 
to try to, you know, just like some stalling stuff and have him, and maybe they bring out some other NXT geeks for Goldberg to spear or something. I could see them doing a little bit of stalling. Um, Goldberg had a match with somebody in WCW. I mean, maybe in Raven, and he just had like, it's like, it's like, it's like to get a longer match, it's like 10 minutes of Goldberg just spearing like every, all of Raven's flock. And then he finally gets to Raven and hits the spear and jackhammer and wins the, maybe in the US title or something. So I could see him doing something like that if they, if they want to prolong it. But, you know, from a storyline perspective, I'd also kind of be okay with, you know, Goldberg just hitting the spear and winning and, you know, I'm in it. Um, so I guess it all depends on what they want to do and what kind of story they want to tell. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I don't think there's a doubt and I, I agree. It's the right decision. Goldberg should, should win the title, should overcome the odds. as the great crusading baby face. He is the only one left and, uh, and, and win that title. That is Fastlane. It is this Sunday on WWE Network. Liam, I will see you Sunday to watch this program. And uh, do you have anything else, or should we get out of here? I think that's about it. All right. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we will be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the elite podcast network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. for the broadcast to go live there we go all right so let's get the uh the post show stuff out of the way right now um what wrestling were you watching that reminded you that uh all the stuff today sucks uh i watched eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio from halloween havoc directly after i had watched 205 live uh-huh which just like i mean everybody i mean i know i mean all everyone already knows and everyone's already cut this promo about how the scourgeway division is you know why it doesn't work and how the, you know, the main eventers do more flips than the guys in the division now. But it's like, well, those guys just had an awesome wrestling match. It's like Eddie Guerrero wasn't doing like 50,000 flips because he was the heel in the match. So he, 
worked over Rey Mysterio, but he was never boring because he's awesome. And <laughs> then, you know, and then Ray would make his, would do the flips in his comeback and finally, you know, they all these spectacular moves and it's, you know, it's a pretty awesome match. And, uh, and then I watched DDP and Randy Savage from one of their like three or four pay-per-views they wrestled on. It wasn't the one where DDP won. It was one of the other ones, but uh, it was like a street fight or something. They just brawled all over the place. And it's like, oh no, this is like what a grudge match is supposed to be. They weren't doing spots. Yeah. Like brawling and, but it wasn't boring or clunky or anything. Like it was, it was great. And it's like, yeah, this is all. Oh no, nobody knows how to work anymore. <laughs> like, I, I hate being that guy, and I know that's not really actually true. But like, sometimes it feels like it when you when you watch. I also watch. I watched uh, Brett and Macho Man from that Saturday Night's Main Event. That was a really big mistake. <laughs> before you went, <laughs> before talking about current wrestling. Yeah, well, I mean, those are two of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, most of the guys I mentioned are like, I mean, I don't know where you want to slot DDP, but most of the people I've just mentioned are pretty high high up that list. But yeah, I don't know. I just DDP at the time, DDP was just a guy. DDP looking watching DDP Matt, with the exception of that Savage program and the Goldberg match, because. Um, the Savage program was the best thing he ever did. And the Goldberg match was just, it was, it was a great match. Yeah. Uh, he now, and it's like, wow, DDP is better than 60% of the guys now. Probably. Um, that seems about fair. I mean, Savage, by the time he got to WCW, his body was completely shot still do the top rope elbow and like the double axe handle to the floor. And he still did most of his stuff. It was just in slow motion because his body was so thrashed. Yeah. Uh, a decade plus of being on television and goodwill built up with the audience that, and his psychology was so great better that he wasn't as athletic as he used to be because the psychology was so good and you cared about Randy Savage or you wanted to hate Randy Savage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, that was great, man. Like it was just like, like I'm not, I'm not mad that I watched it, but then like, looking at that and then outside the Owens and Goldberg stuff, I thought that was like one of the worst draws in a long time. And I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad to, you know, I, I try to live up to our little mantra of being being positive about stuff, at least to an extent. So yeah, that was that was just a big mistake. <laughs> uh, well, we live, we learn. <laughs> All right, I have a heart. I have a heart out, and I'm gonna not say the words "heart out" because it sounds really weird. Uh... Sure does. <laughs> I got to be done by 7.45, so let's roll. All right, only two minutes over. Not bad. It's not bad for us. Home life without a chaperone is what you thought it'd be. I hope your brother's runs forever. I hope the world sees this 
Acar kibon kibenom.